This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Boy, things have really changed a lot, haven't they? Some of it's kind of funny. I was just reading a story about a uh, female, I forget what sport now, let's say cycling maybe, spoke out against trans athletes competing. They fired her from the board of this association, and uh, she received all this criticism from her peers. Can you imagine? It, it's here. And who do you blame this on? This is not government. This is not the swamp. Uh, some of your conservative-leaning people would say, oh, that's the uh, uh, leftist in academia or <laughs> whatever, you know? Uh, so maybe that's partly true. I don't know. Who are these people that are, that are making these statements? I don't know. Uh, but there's a lot of craziness going on. And uh, people say, well, there's a lot of conservative craziness too. I say, really? What is that exactly? <laughs> what, what conservative movement has there been that has brought this uh, same onslaught on us? Tell me about all the um, racist... Uh, national white supremacist, Nazi, whatever their labels are. Tell me about all the lawsuits being filed in courts across the country for, like, civil rights violations. Doesn't really exist. The uh, gun lobby, the NRA specifically, does file uh, lawsuits and uh, lobbies for legislative action. That's a fact. That's been a big complaint of the liberal movement to ban guns. They really do. It's a fact. And maybe not every, well, I'm a liberal and I don't think that we should ban guns. I just want reasonable gun laws. So do we all. You know, that is a single unifying fact right there. I kid you not. Now, your pro-Second Amendment people may not say yes to it. This is where politicking becomes important. But I shared this with you the other day when I sampled. Now, this is obviously, you know, not conclusive of me. Uh, sampling a couple of my three close friends and saying, hey, uh, you believe in the Second Amendment. You own guns. Uh, You support the Second Amendment, correct? Yes. Uh, Do you think everyone should have the right to own guns? Answer, unequivocally, 100%, immediately, no. (laughs) So there you have it. Everybody supports reasonable gun laws. The problem is not that we don't have enough gun laws, is that we don't have good, reasonable gun laws that are properly enforced. That's the facts. I don't know what to say. Uh, I've mentioned many ideas on the matter. I don't want to get too tied up on it. But it never happens. It's just this angry, uh, you, you, can, you can keep your Bible and your guns until your dirty death. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, he's like angry. Obama, every time he's out, he's letting us know how racist we are. We got a lot of apologizing to do on behalf of the white side of me. We've not got a lot of things wrong. And the answer to that, white people pay. <laughs> Income redistribution. Where did all these things become mainstream popular? You put it together. 
but don't you dare say it. Can't say it. New York City bans weight discrimination. It's really kind of funny. So what does that mean? So like if you're an airline flying into New York City, you got to, you know, uh, and, you know, some obese person wants to be a steward and he say, you know, we can't safely do it. Oh, they'll be making accommodations, removing rows. It would be cheaper to pay her to stay home or him. Can't bans weight discrimination. I don't even know what that means. It's like a class one misdemeanor punishable by 30 days in jail for fat shaming. Oh boy. Oh boy. Florida gender ban. They're not having any of this. The fight between uh, Disney and DeSantis. Who's winning in that fight? That's a great question. It's like the the Bud Light, you know, people celebrating. Like, I'm not celebrating this, this beer company that's been around a long time. We love the Clydesdales. I don't, Anheuser-Busch is not an American company, though, is it? I haven't checked. But either way, I, don't, I have no desire to see their demise, and that's what's happening. I mentioned this story a few days ago. It ties in perfectly uh, with my thought for today. Texas planned to put chaplains in public schools. Um, it's nuts. It's nuts. Now they're not, you're not going to force people to pray. It's not like you have to walk by the priest and and do your Hail Mary. That's not what it's going to be. They want to offer a Christian option for counseling is my understanding. Is that so bad? Well, I don't know. Would it be okay to offer a Muslim option then or a Jewish option? And why is the Christian option only one? Is it going to be Catholic or Protestant? Suddenly gets very complicated. And if you're a religious person, guess what? These things are kind of uh, important to you. I saw this story come up from USA Today. I kid you not, I almost fell out of my chair. Uh, It's hard to say much surprises me these days, but this did. A negative story about Howard Stern. And I had heard him on on the you know the you know the the you know FM radio waves, with complete disregard for any decency. Now he would tell you that those conservative nut jobs had filed complaints with the uh, federal whatever commission, and the lawsuits and whatnot, and uh, got him basically uh, th- thrown out thrown off the radio. I don't know if that's entirely correct. But you should have heard the way he was talking. By today's standards, uh, I, I don't think you would hear this kind of thing. Ironically enough, ironically enough that the, <clears throat> the, the public radio today is more conservative sounding than ever. I grew up with Howard Stern on the radio. I thought it was disturbing then as a young man. Yes, occasionally I laughed. I never thought his... His over-sexualization uh, is disturbing. And some of the comments, as people are saying, this guy was creepy. I said it. Creepy dude. Creepy dude. Who knows? Probably psychotic on some level. These people become famous. So what's the issue? Well, the issue is it's our culture, the country's culture. What does that mean? I don't know. I look like I'm going to label myself a cultural scientist. Tells that. I think it would be a good comeback for me, Christopher Scott, America's leading cultural scientist. <laughs> Argue with that. Oh man, 
People will say our culture is under attack. Other people are asking if it's worth preserving. And, and what is this culture even that we're talking about? Well, I really don't know. I'm obviously not some <laughs> leading American cultural scientist, that's for sure. Uh, but based on my 52 years of observation and somewhat paying attention to these kind of nutty things, uh, I keep coming back to a couple of basic things that have really impacted us. And I think if you can understand what those things are, really help you navigate a little better, really. At least make you aware better what's going on. Uh, so let me just kind of hit it. The one that I keep repeating is the debt problem, the fiat money problem, being the world's reserve currency. And I guess basically that meant being like the, the world's Brinks Corporation, that as long as we could provide a military that would keep the world at bay, we could enjoy the benefits of being the world's reserve currency. The central bankers allowed that. And yippee for us, it led to this fantastic expansion, and boy, was it free. It was liberal. So was Afghanistan at one point. So was Iran, Venezuela, many places. Vietnam, same pattern. This great period of liberal enjoyment, in a good way, I mean that. Somehow the word liberal has become demonized, and it's not, and it shouldn't be. But these very free uh, prospering societies and like in an instant got wiped out. People don't pay attention. Here we've had this benefit of being the world reserve currency. There's definitely a, a benefit to that, but there's been a huge drawback. And I don't know that anybody could have fathomed how much money exactly. You know, they talk about the founding fathers couldn't have understood, couldn't have imagined the technology and how weapons would change. Yeah. When they wrote the Constitution and didn't deal with issues of debt, do you think that they could have understood the magnitude of what's going on today? And here's another big cultural shift, by the way. I'm not going to go too deep into this right now because it's not the frame of mind I'm in. But when you look at what happened in the early 1900s, the confiscation of gold, um, uh, the world wars, um, the implementation of the income tax amendment and that unlimited ability to tax. And they're going to head there. I really believe it. We're going to all be working for the government. I'm not kidding. I know I know it sounds kind of Alex Jonesy to say that. Uh, but when you look at what's going on, there's not going to be any other viable option except to be uh, on, on the government program, work for the government, retire on the government, Cradle to grave, baby. I mean, what do you think? What do you think? You skip your working years? <laughs> uh, but you know, the, what do you think that means? Cradle to grave. That means they own you. Why is that? That's because of the whole money system setup that it even happens in the first place. If you could genuinely own ground freely with no real estate taxes and grow your own food, you, then you could genuinely be free. Nowhere does that exist. Maybe something close to it where you sell enough meager, meager vegetables to pay your property tax. Or you call it a church and you become tax exempt. There's ways to do it. But uh, not a lot, really. Just this one thing has a, a profound impact on the way we live our lives. It's going to impact everything. You think about inflation and the cost of living, how it's changed from when uh, you could have a single income or People could work a, a small family farm and, and survive just fine. 
those days are long gone to the point that uh, you can't afford homes. You know, how, how does somebody making $15 an hour, we were talking about $15 an hour like it was some kind of an outrageous minimum wage, and now it's over that. You know, nobody's getting paid $15 an hour. $15 an hour is like uh, fast food wages now. There's this giant leap. And you say, good, great, needed, whatever you want to say. But now the cost of living has gone up far more dramatically to the point that people are starting to question the whole system logically because they say this isn't a good deal. You see what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about all that. But I think that the impact of the the money, the fiat money, and the impact that it's had, let alone how many times have you heard it said or spoken about this idea that when generations are given things too easily, they take it for granted. And we see the evidence of that. And it's not all the time. It's not a straight path. It ebbs and it flows. But declining in nature, usually, people become naturally lazier. I mean, you say lazy, I say enjoying life. I don't want to be breaking my back, pouring concrete or or landscaping or working in a hot kitchen when I could be kicked up somewhere chillaxing. That's my kind of day. Who's really getting that? It's not even possible. Very, very few people, really. The rest of the people may be running in some kind of a rat race. Look at the impact of that issue on the impact of families. It all started with divorce, and what do you blame that on? I don't know, too much pressure to bear from the financial changes that were occurring? That you no longer could live freely off the land and carve out a decent living and make a life for yourself in a simple way? Vanishing slowly at first. Maybe that was the pressure that created more divorces. Maybe it was uh, other factors as well or in addition to. Maybe as people become comfortable in their lifestyles and they're being fed regularly, they naturally develop a desire for more sex. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? I think the problem has always existed, quite frankly. If you read back in some of the stories of the early times in this country, there's quite a bit of of, uh, very promiscuous behavior. In some ways, encouraged. They wanted the country to grow. Yeah, go have babies. Let's let's uh, be go be uh, be fruitful and multiply. Okie dokie. You tell that to any twenty year old. Hey, sweetheart, I don't want to do it any more than you do. <laughs> but we have a we have an obligation. Oh, it's fantastic. Not really. It puts me right in the category of Howard Stern. You disgusting creep. I can't believe you. Culture. What is culture? I don't know, it's the way we live our lives, you know, like to Obama says, and he says, not who we are. Well, what is who we are? Been, a, uh, I think, as a country, we've been, uh, at least in our population, tried to help other people, been very giving, how much money has been given away. Not a lot of uh, appreciation for that. You know, the other thing I think that the, the money supply and the fiat money has created this delusion that money grows on trees, whether it's thought about in reality or not. There's just a common popular belief politically on both sides that there's always a little more money. All right, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it. I'm telling you. We'll get it, we'll get it, we'll get it. 
How much is that attitude that they can always take a little more? How much is that affecting social welfare programs, immigration? Hugely. I've mentioned this before about the illegal immigration. Why does it go on? Both parties politically, you would think, would clearly stand opposed to it. I can't, I'm sure there exists, but I know they do, the open borders people. I've never met one. It's not like I go around and surveying. Excuse me, before we go any further, you clarify your position on borders. Um, but I don't believe that people agree to it at all. But somehow politically it keeps happening. I know that uh, the ongoing debt, I've said this, I've never talked to anybody who said they thought it was okay or a good thing. But somehow it continues to go on. Why is that? They feel they have no other political choice for their survival. I don't know how you change that. You know, on the printing of the money, it's just too tempting versus raising taxes. You know, do you realize how overbearing it would be if they actually had to balance the budget on taxes? It would absolutely destroy the economy, this country, and and every single working family. I believe it would. And we it could happen. There's no they're not talking about any cuts. That never enter Oh, what? How dare you? You they'll trump you. I'm not kidding. You start talking about that, oh go ahead. Try politically to start talking about cutting social security. Ooh. You don't even say those words. Man, even I know that. I'm telling you. You know, I, I've made use the analogy. Have you ever seen a family that goes through financial troubles? They do all kinds of goofy things because the stress it creates in every other area of your life. You go to do the laundry and there's no laundry soap because you couldn't go to the food store because you didn't have any money. And now you got to run out and make an extra trip. And now you're not sure how you're getting to work in the morning because you only had just enough gas to make it to payday. And life just got really stressful. Because one of your kids spilled something on a shirt. And now you're screaming at them. And they're wondering why their parents acting like such a lunatic. I don't know. Maybe nobody grows up this way anymore. I know what it was like to grow up money being tough. Parents that had to work hard. But it created character at the same time. I don't know. It's changing. I warned it would change. From the very early days of the podcast, I said it. I said, we better be careful. We're going to wake up one day to a country we no longer recognize. And look at what's going on around us. Tell me in what ways we've become more compassionate, more humanitarian, in ways that we've improved society. I'll wait. Social media, the mobile phone, all this technology, all these things that it's brought us. Look what it's done to us. You wonder the case that the Amish make. How can you argue? I hear many people say it now. I'll leave you with this little thought. I had a wonderful visit from my cousins in Wisconsin, if you can believe this. A bit of a surprise, although not a complete surprise. And they were telling me that their grandfather, my great-grandfather, was a Mennonite. And you may know, I am also baptized in a Mennonite church. Isn't that kind of fascinating? I don't think the same conservative Mennonite church that they were in. I remember now the plain clothes And it registers with me. But it's interesting that without even directly knowing it, that I share that Protestant connection with my great-grandparents on my father's side, where my mother's side was Catholic, 
And interestingly, I, I rebelled against that. Maybe a topic for another day. I'm not going to keep yammering on. Uh, I don't know. If you ask me, I think we need to preserve our culture. What is our culture? One of being uh, free, free to, to speak, to choose, to think, and be who you want to be. The America, the, the, the chance that the American dream of a simple home ownership and a simple life that you can afford and reasonably live. I don't know. We see it dying. Is it a good thing? I don't think it is. I think we need more of it. I think we should work on bringing it back and spreading it around the world. But I don't know if we'll ever see it happen. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. There's a chance I won't. I got something going on. I keep telling you this. If I miss a day, I'll be back soon. I hope to see you there. Make it a great day.